Attention all international medical students and graduates. Are you looking to improve your residency competitiveness and achieve your dream program match? Look no further. Introducing the 2023 IMG Roadmap course, the online program that will boost your personal and professional growth. This comprehensive course offers life cohort-based coaching from a seasoned expert, me, along with personalized feedback, templates, and even demos. You'll leave with a solid understanding of your personalized IMG journey and the skills you need to enhance it. You'll ditch the overwhelm, and the best part? You can learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. Whether you're a first-year medical student or a graduate seeking concise, practical coaching to improve your CV, this is the perfect investment for a successful career in the U.S. The IMG Roadmap is here. Be the first to know when the doors open in April of 2023. Sign up right now at drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. Again, that's drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. The entirety of the story is that we are all onions. You can disagree with the smell, you can disagree with the flavor, but at the moment that we start taking away, you know, all that that baggage that we have around us, you know, that hard skin, that, you know, terrifying moments, that anxiety, and we start getting closer and closer and closer to the center, the thing that we can actually cook and prepare and add spices and flavors. That's the real you. That's, you know, like right now you're just peeling the onion, meaning that you're taking away layers of things that you need to do in order to be a resident. But the important thing is that you need to think about the cooked dish, the the final steps that you're going to be doing with your life. The match is not... The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician, healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the IMG Roadmap Podcast. Today's guest is unique. I actually met him this year in 2022, which is the time we're recording, but this is going to come out in 2023. He's Dr. Ian Shapiro. He is actively involved in creating binational public health programs that reach Hispanic communities across the border, both borders between Mexico and the United States. He's an IMG, and he's a pediatrician. He's the founder of AlterMed. He graduated from Anahuac University in Mexico, and he'll tell us more about his medical background. But I'm so excited to have him because he's done tremendous work in aligning IMGs in the workforce. He's done so much work around working with medical underserved communities, which, as you know, a lot of us IMGs tend to gravitate towards working with federally qualified health clinics or primary care settings. And he's one of those people who has expanded that whole arena. I'm so happy to have you, Dr. Shapiro. Welcome to the IMG Roadmap Podcast. How are you doing today? 
very happy to be with you and everybody that is listening in today. And, and just to highlight, uh, the the founder is uh, the Mr. Castulo de la Rocha, and I have the pleasure to work in Altamir for the past almost seven years. And right now I'm serving as the Chief Health Correspondent and Medical Affairs Officer. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for that clarification. So give us some idea of your background as an IMG and where you're at today. I was born and raised in a small city called Mexico City, and I had the pleasure to do my MD degree over there. As an international medical graduate, and especially in Mexico, I got to actually be part of small town medicine to actually, you know, the, the colossal city of Mexico City. And, you know, understanding the, the details of that part. I love the clinical work. Uh, as a medical student, I was very aligned with emergency procedures. Uh, I, I love actually, you know, I, uh, the Red Cross in Mexico it doesn't do only blood things, but also disaster relief and, and, uh, and all other trauma related things. And I, I love doing that part of things. I finished my MD uh, degree. And I had the opportunity to work as the liaison between the Secretary of Health from Mexico for the uh, World Health Organization. And it was eye-opening to connect, you know, what I was watching and seeing in little pueblitos, little towns in Mexico. And, you know, uh, and then the, one of the most important healthcare systems that we have in Latin America and also connecting it and comparing it to other countries and that was eye-opening being at Geneva, Switzerland and understanding you know the the powerful words of public health making sure that you know at that time we were talking a lot about tobacco we were talking about alcohol intake uh, obesity there were a lot of highlight highlighted uh, topics that you know it got me excited and that connection as a physician to actually be clinical and also give also advice for public health that that connection grew on me after that uh, following my uh, you know my my passion for uh, pediatrics I had the opportunity to apply and as many of you are on that that roadmap uh, it was not easy my exams were okay my experience was you know above normal but at the moment that you're applying as international medical graduate, automatically I felt that I had an X on my back. At that moment, you know, like there, there was a lot of uh, feelings, a lot of, and probably, you know, good days, bad days, and, you know, doing the, the entirety of, of the paperwork and all that stuff. But I got three interviews. From those three interviews, I loved two places. Uh, one was in Chicago, the other one was in Miami. And I really thought that I was going to end up in the Miami one. I did all the checklist of rotations, letters, being present, uh, being available for the residents, you know, all the checklists that we do. And uh, at the moment that I was kind of, you know, it was uh, early 2008. And, you know, I, I received my match letter and it said Chicago. And it was an eye-opening moment where... I felt that, well, I will do one year and after that I will transfer. And, and you know, you, you have a lot of excuses in your brain to justify what happened. But on reality, it was the best experience in my life being in Mount Sinai Hospital in Chicago. It was eye-opening. It was 
everything that I dreamed and the connection grew on me. It's a uh, Irvin uh, City Hospital has tons of history created uh, specifically because uh, once upon a time in the U.S., you know, a lot of physicians that had different religions or actually had a different color of skin could not practice medicine in, in big hospitals. And other hospitals started actually allowing and created actually for, for any doctor to actually practice medicine and help the community. And that was part of Mount Sinai's history. Then um, I was serving a big chunk of Hispanics, a big chunk of, uh, of black population, and other people that were coming from many places of the world. And it was eye-opening. I, I was delighted to the point that, you know, I had the opportunity at that moment to actually understand that there's a lot of things that we can do as physicians, and especially that that spice that we bring as international medical graduates actually flourished there because I, it's it's not that I spoke Spanish, but I could relate with someone that was coming from Ethiopia or actually someone that was coming from Russia and have that conversation, the cultural part of being, you know, a little bit intrigued on, tell me, and, and how do you cure this? Or, or how, how has it been? And especially with kids. And having that connection was amazing. Wow, that's amazing. I did not know that about the history of Mount Sinai Hospital in Chicago. So that's really interesting because that's new information for me as well. But I agree with you that being an IMG allows you the opportunity to understand your patients a little bit more. You have a little bit more empathy has been my sort of observation is because of everything that you go through as an IMG, and like you said, going through that roadmap of trying to get a position, it allows you to be empathetic, to be patient, to be hardworking, to be efficient. It gives you a little bit more of an edge when it comes to the kind of work that you do. So I really, I really resonate with that as well. I like when you mentioned, you know, having just maybe a little bit above average, maybe having okay scores, because that also becomes a thing that a lot of IMGs just get bogged down by is their performance, is maybe they, you know, compare themselves with what they think they should be or who they think they should be. And sometimes it's almost absurd how we think we must perform to get in. And that's because of the system that we're in and everything that we're being told. But can you expand a little bit on what IMGs can take away, especially when they're feeling that pressure of not having performed as well as they would have wanted to? What is your advice for that? A couple of things that pop into my mind. The first one is you need only one place. You need a place that will allow you to be yourself and for yourself to be joyful and happy. Then that's the first thing that was guiding me because I applied as many people like for 400,000 different residency spots. Probably, you know, most of them not didn't even try to send me a letter of thank you for trying or, or something. <laughs> then, then you know, that's the first thing. You need only one spot for yeah. your residency. Then my first advice is make sure that you, when you're applying, apply for places that are aligned with you. For me, I needed, I, I was looking for a city that had an international airport that was very in tune with the community and had a diverse background. That's the stuff that I was looking for as a preference. There's things that you cannot change. And, you know, if you're if they're measuring you only by your exams, that's a place that, you know, it's already creating barriers. But, you know, if, if that's a place that you want to be, try it. You know, if, 
you, you never know. And, and right now, you know, it, it's I, I think it's a, we're a 50 50 percent of, of get, getting in as international maker and graduates. Then there is a space for us and there's a need for us. And uh, the thing is, we do need to do the checklist and also very important, the human connection. I still remember my interviews at Mount Sinai Hospital, and they asked me to do a non-clinical teaching moment. And I, I have been doing karate for years, and I ended up doing a, a kata movement with uh, the program director. Then you never know what's going to be the key to start your position in your place, but make sure that you have an open heart. And, and the other thing is, you know, hearing this type of podcast, uh, having conversations, they're very helpful, but very important, create a filter. There's a lot of advice out there that will create more gastritis, headaches, uh, you know, constipation and other things in your body <laughs> and even anxiety that you can actually skip and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. One of the, the, the it is a stressful moment. It, it is a lot of pressure to figure out, you know, like, because, you know, if you don't make it, it's, it's a year where you need to beef up your, your opportunities. Then make sure that you're taking care of yourself and familia, family, one thing that it's a secret, don't tell anybody. <laughs> if you do not match, it's okay. It's really okay. Yeah. You will find more opportunities. There's people that have done it two or three times and at the, the fourth one, actually they make it. Then yeah. make sure that, you know, like you enter this with an open heart. There's so many things that we cannot control from our CV, our life and stuff like that. But there's things that we can do. Then make sure that you're eating well, taking care of your, your mind and your soul, making sure that you're doing a little bit of exercise. It, it actually helps. Then with those three things, you know, they will help you sleep a little bit better and be performing. And, and the, four, the, the last one is that in case that you didn't match, make sure that you try to understand what happened. And if you do not have an answer anyway, create a plan on how to beef up your opportunities. If you like a hospital, if you like a program, make sure that you're around that program and make sure that you look for observerships or, or rotations or volunteering because that things, the human connection, they go way more they are way more powerful than any number of your exams. Then at least you want the opportunity to interview. And after that, everything is, it's, it could be aligned. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the, you hit the nail on the head with that, which is there's, there's so much information out there that will give us stress. And as someone that has experienced stress in my body, I know for sure gastritis i've had that from stress <laughs> i've had the the runs from stress you know you lose weight you're not eating you're not taking care of yourself and it's because we're internalizing a lot of this information that's coming out there but staying focused on a goal and allowing that to be our primary focus and maybe leaning into the people that offer us the right information also really makes a big difference so I really like that you shared about this. And I wanted to point out because I remember you spoke at the IMG meetup in New York. And I think what you said really was the one thing that resonated with me throughout that whole entire ceremony is you talked about peeling back the iron, the onion. And it was such a perfect analogy for who we are as international medical graduates. And even in your life, I can see how 
you know, as a person from Mexico City, which is not a small city, by the way, it's not small, moving into the United States and now offering, you know, public health campaigns using media to reach patients and people and just educating the communities, both Spanish speaking and English speaking communities. In so many ways, that's your onion that has been unraveled. But I want you to share a little bit about the whole concept of peeling back the onions as IMGs. You remember that, I'm sure. I do. And the entirety of the story is that we are all onions. You can disagree with the smell, you can disagree with the flavor. But at the moment that we start taking away, you know, all that that baggage that we have around us, you know, that hard skin, that, you know, terrifying moments, that anxiety, and we start getting closer and closer and closer to the center, the thing that we can actually cook and prepare and add spices and flavors, that's the real you. That's, you know, like right now you're just peeling the onion, meaning that you're taking away layers of things that you need to do in order to be a resident. But the important thing is that you need to think about the cooked dish, the the final steps that you're going to be doing with your life. The match is not your life. The the barriers and that stuff, it, it uh, they're growing pains. That those are the tears that you that you shed at the moment that you're peeling the onion. Then there's right. tons of things out there that you can do in order to cook your dish the way that you like it, with the flavors that you want, and the things that you bring to the table. And that's what everybody needs to be feeling and 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 doing because that that's the way that we grow. And there will be growing pains. That's part of, you know, what we do and what it's, it's part of life. But most importantly, it's, it's what we, what do we do with that onion? Are we just going to leave it dry there? Are we going to cook it? And that's upon us. And, and we do have control of that. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like that you, you mentioned something about sometimes we have prioritized this match so much so that it defines who we are and it defines our life and not matching can almost make us feel like the world is literally coming to an end, which is not true because as we know, life is a continuum. I don't believe that it's necessarily a destination and it's just part of the process where some people have to do it once or twice or three times. But can you speak to that person that's feeling discouraged about Maybe this is not their first time going through this, or they have tried once and failed and just kind of let it go. And now they're maybe reconsidering that. First of all, it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling. You know, it, it's a blow. It's a blow. And, you know, I cannot, it's like when, when we lose something or someone, that blow is there, it's real, then you need to acknowledge that you're living it. Saying that, the next step is figuring out what's what do you want to do. A lot of the times, you know, and 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 I can tell you for sure that at the moment that I have had challenges and I call it, it's growing pains. Right. We need to see this as growing pains, and part of the things is that we have two choices. The first choice is just get more anxious, more depressed, and the other one is trying to figure out. What's the the learning from this and and push it forward? 
and that's where I try to concentrate myself. I, I, I do that moment that it's terrifying when you do not know what's next, when you have a lot of questions, family could be depending on you. You know, like th there's a lot of things out there, but it's extremely important to understand that you have choices. Yeah. And when you have choices, you can choose how you're feeling a little bit more. And after that, you start understanding that there's even more opportunities and there's other things. And you start seeing a ray of light. And right. after seeing the ray of light, you start thinking, well, okay, let's, let's figure out what's the next observership, what's the next rotation, what else can I add to that CV that can make a difference for me and my 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 family or for me as a doctor and and it's and it's okay to think a lot of things and one of them is understanding that you know you're already a doctor <laughs> that thing nobody can take away from you then that's an amazing powerful thing mm -hmm. then understand where you're coming from what things you have created and push it push it outwards, send an SOS uh, signal to, to your destiny and, and put, get in control again. Yes, yeah. you, you have like a flat tire, yes, but you know, the rest of the car is working. Then that's, that's the thing that you need to concentrate right now. Right, absolutely, no, 100%. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now let's gravitate into some of the work that you do with and for IMGs. Can you share with us a little bit some of your recent projects or, or things that you're working on? We are doing a lot of things. First of all, I'm very involved with the National Hispanic Medical Association and opening the door for conversations of international Medicare graduates. I, I can tell you for sure that, you know, the, sadly, the U.S. system needs more space and needs more doctors than the reality is that we will continue to have a lot of international medical graduates in the U.S. because if not, you know, a lot of systems will collapse. Then, you know, we, we are about 20 to 25 percent of physicians in residency. Then, you know, it, 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 it's an important aspect of, of what we have. Then that's that's a reality. Right. Saying that, one of the things that we need to figure out is how to better prepare the system and also the international medical graduates. There's a lot of international medical graduates that end up in, in ur rural or urban areas that are not aligned with, with their culture or other things. And trying to figure out how can we better position those physicians that want to be here in the US and align them with places that they need them. Not just a doctor, but imagine that you have a, a perfect match with someone that it's coming. Well, I, I will give you my example. I'm coming from Mexico. I, I'm fluent in, in a couple of languages. And, you know, it, it's amazing that I get the opportunity to work in Altamed, where I serve, you know, I speak a lot of Spanish with my patients and I understand the culture. And having that match actually makes a difference. Right. Why? Because, you know, it, it creates a lot of opportunities with, the community. It aligns better with outcomes. You know, when we, you have something called concordant physicians that they know the language and the culture, you know a little bit more about herbs or cultural beliefs. And, you know, and that actually helps the patients get, get, get it, you know, get a better 
position on their health and also, you know, the opportunity to grow as a physician. Then that, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm trying hard to, to make sure that we, we have the opportunity to, to do because that, that would be my dream, that everybody is actually kind of serving the place that they, they can actually help better. Uh, is it right now available? No. Can it be available in the future? Could be. The second thing is that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like you have the steps, you have ACFMG, you have a lot of things there. And sadly, you know, the prices are different. Then trying to figure out how can we, and and we need to understand that, you know, there's less volume and the cost for the program is higher. Then they need to have a, you know, some type of make sure that it's running. Then that's why it's a little bit more expensive. But is that fair? Can we change that? And on the human aspect of it, making sure that we try to communicate a lot with mm-hmm. international medical graduates uh, from Mexico, from other parts of the, of the world, where having that mentor, having that one-on-one conversation, having, you know, just sharing the crazy things that I have done and, and getting into it and, and, you know, highlighting the importance of human touch. because. It, I love when they come with me with problems, but the thing that I love the most is that after trying and having a plan and everything else, it gets to a point that there's good news. Right. There's advancements. There's a new rotation. There's a new letter. Then that that's the things that I, I, I do love the most. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. And it, in in line of speaking with underserved communities and serving underserved communities, and being a liaison and a person that patients can actually resonate with, and not even only patients, but just general population, especially if you're doing educational stuff. I know that you do a lot of public health awareness and media. You serve as a media personality for healthcare. And I even saw this post of you in the White House. Tell us about that. Well, everything started in 2009. I was actually at Mount Sinai. It was my first pandemic. And it was tough because I, I, I got to see, you know, people that were having doubts about their health care and the vaccine and so many other stuff that was around, you know, healthcare. And, and we had a vaccine, we have antiviral medication that could make a huge difference. But I saw a lot of people just being very, very, very uh, afraid. They were afraid of being deported. They were afraid of coming back to you know the the community and and public health departments and other stuff then it was hard and i ended up doing the same message all the time like make sure that you're getting vaccine you know this is this these are things that we know that that and and at the end of the day it was very 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 disappointing and i found a voice with media, because one day one of the reporters that was going to interview me was sick, not from influenza, but it was sick. And I got the opportunity to talk to for three minutes for more than 200,000 people. And that actually created a moment in my brain that if I could combine clinical work and also share important information to our community, that was a great match. Then that that's the way that kind of 
started that brick of things. And um, in 2011, President Obama invited a lot of Hispano leaders to actually go to the White House and start conversations regarding Hispanic health, creating a lot of opportunities for public health programs and stuff like that. And and it was it worked. And after that, it, I, I found amazing partners and and and, and communities, and uh, it w- it was great. Like I, it was mind blowing. And uh, the picture that I have there in Instagram, it's from a couple of months back. I I had the opportunity to go and talk regarding COVID nineteen strategies and stuff like that. It was April. Then we had like the rest of the year to go. And there were, you know, boosters were coming, bivalent were coming. There, there were a lot of things that each community has a, like a way to get the message. And also each community also has fears, specific fears and misinformation for it. Then I, I had the pleasure to talk about the, the Hispano community and opportunities for that. Wow. Wow. No, that's amazing. And I think it's very inspirational for all of us IMGs who have intentions of doing great work within our communities, and even beyond our communities, both immediate and international, that it is possible. Because at the end of the day, I think sometimes we can get so stuck in the right now and focus on this immediate goal that we forget that, like you said, our purpose is bigger than us. It's beyond just getting into residency. Yeah, it's getting to residency because we have these other goals to achieve. And we want to change the face of medicine, or we want to add to the landscape of healthcare, or we want to you know, help our communities in the areas that we originally came from, which is something that I resonate with as well. And the whole purpose of doing this whole IMG Roadmap podcast. So, you know, I I really enjoyed having you on today and learning about the work that you do from yourself, as opposed to just reading about you and, and listening to you from the stage. But before we let you go, I have a few more questions to ask you. And these are more sort of like, you know, rapid fire questions to get to know the other side of Dr. Shapiro. Because we've learned about Dr. Shapiro, the activist. We've learned about the the former IMG who is giving back to IMG communities and bridging the gap and providing clinical opportunities for IMGs. We've heard about you as a pediatrician, as a person who had a limited number of interviews and then eventually made it into residency. But we just want to know the fun things, right? So if we had to ask you just few rapid fire questions. You were not prepared for this because it never came to you in the pre-interview email, but just a few questions. So tell us, what's your favorite food? My favorite food would be tacos. Tacos. Uh, I love tacos. Yes. And I love actually doing asado, that it's kind of the Mexican barbecue. Then I I love cooking and doing my my stuff over there and, and serving it. All right. What's your favorite type of music? Oh, probably salsa. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see you salsering, if that's a word, salsering. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What do you do for fun? Uh, I love cooking with a family. That's one of the things that I love doing the most. I love hiking. And every morning, I try to at least four, well, it's not every morning, but four to five times a week, I try to make sure that I run to the gym at least one hour. And that's kind of the start of the day. Awesome. We love it. And now what's your piece of advice for international medical graduates who are still in the process coming up? What's your mantra for success for them? Everything happens for a reason. And you need 
only one residency spot. That's it. I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All you need is one. So despite the rejections that you get, despite the negative press that you read and everything else that surrounds you and all the people you know who have not made it through, all you need is one. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Shapiro. It's been a pleasure of mine to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited for all the work that you're doing and we continue to follow you. I'll have Dr. Shapiro's Instagram information, his website, all down in the comments, but I would like for you guys to go ahead and follow him. He's on Instagram as Dr. Shap. So this DR underscore S-H-A-P-S. He's definitely Instagram verified, so you would not miss him. <laughs> uh, and I'll have his links and his website information down below. And for those of you who have the special ability of speaking more than one language, he has so much information in English and in Spanish as well. He's definitely our social justice, innovative, motivational speaker and physician. And I want you to follow him and stay connected with him. I'm sure he would be happy to let you know how they can best reach you, Dr. Shapiro. What's your preferred method of communication for the audience that wants to reach out to you? Uh, Instagram works amazingly well. Then I'm okay. there completely for all of you. And uh, make sure, make sure that you send me tough questions and anything that you want. And uh, I try hard to make sure that if, if someone actually needs, uh, you know, the conversation, we, we can actually make it. Absolutely. So we'll have all Dr. Shapiro's contact information down below, especially his Instagram, because I think that's his preferred method. And I'll be so delighted that you come again in the future and we could do a follow-up of this and another follow-up and another follow-up. Thank you for coming. My pleasure as always. Look at you. I'm so proud of you for listening until the very end. And because of that, you deserve a reward. And I want you to go right now to drninaloom.com and download any of my free ebooks, whether it's for electives or clinical rotations, or even just whatever trials come your way as you navigate your IMG journey. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next.